the gospel in motion. And I want to speak with you on the subject, complete the mission. Complete the mission. So I know we've been examining the movement of the church of the living God as inaugurated by Jesus Christ. We've been spending some time in the book of Acts. The gospel in motion. The gospel. God's will address ill, something called sin, the gospel in motion. And as we've spent some time in the book of Acts, some theologians suggest that a more appropriate title for the acts of the Holy Spirit, as, as most of your rendition would have at the King James Version, the New Inter Inter NIV, New International Version, they call it the acts of the Holy Spirit. But many theologians believe that it would be more appropriate to call it the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Since the sovereign and superintendent work of the Holy Spirit far more significantly outweigh anything that human beings have been able to accomplish. As John MacArthur, uh, uh, who is a theologian in his own right, puts it, it was a spirit's directing and controlling and empowering ministry that strengthened the church, caused it to grow in numbers, spiritual power, and influence. The six parts of the book of Acts each describe a new phase in the expansion of the Messiah-following movement outward from Jerusalem. The sections are all marked by variations, but often we find the phrase, the word of God continued to expand, or to spread, or to flourish. Look at Acts chapter 6, uh, verse 7, chapter 12, 24, chapter 13, 5, 16, 5, and so on, you will find various renditions of that. The word of God continued to grow, to expand. So first, the church is established in Jerusalem and becomes Greek-speaking, allowing it to spread its message throughout the empire. Next, the movement expands into the rest of Palestine. And the third, Gentiles are included in the gathering of Jesus' followers 
alongside Jews. The fourth, messengers are sent west into the Roman province of Asia. Fifth, these messengers went into Europe. And sixth, in the final phase, the movement reached the capital of the city of Rome into the highest levels of society. And God's kingdom is thus announced to all nations. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. So the history that we've been considering as outlaid in the book of, of Acts demonstrates and speaks to the initial response to the Great Commission. Go ye therefore. It is this mission that I find encouragement for us today. I'd like to remind us of. Thus, I've entitled our meditation for the next few minutes. Complete the mission. So, let me try to put it all together. So, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the passage that was read, says, Now, therefore, if any person is in Christ, the old has passed, the new has come. And he has given us, that the, the old is gone, the new, has, the new is here, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Because God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, and has given us the ministry. So in Matthew 28, we hear Jesus saying to his disciples, Go therefore. Before he sent them, he said in, verse, in the earlier verse, Now all authority is given unto me. I have the right, I have the authority to give you this command, this mission. Go therefore. Let me take you a little further back in Matthew 16 and verse 18 after he, he asked uh, the disciples, who do men say? Who do people... In other words, what's the word on the street about me? And Peter said in, in Matthew 16 verse 18, uh, the, well, you know, they speculated. Well, some say you might be Baptist, you might be Elijah, or one of the prophets. We, we, we're not sure. But they're, they're saying all kinds of things. Uh, but Jesus made it very pointed. He said, but who do you say that I am? Let me pause there. That is a question that we all must answer ourselves. 
It doesn't matter uh, in which form it comes, but it comes to us and it asks us a question, who do you say Jesus Christ is? It is, defining, it's a, it is a defining question. Peter said, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Messiah. Thou art the appointed, anointed one of God. And Jesus looked on him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of John. Flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but my Father in heaven. And here comes the key. Verse 18. And I tell you, your name is Peter. And on the rock of my name, Jesus Christ, Messiah, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. And so when he later in chapter 28 and verse 18 and so on says, go therefore, it is the command that he gives to go forth and spread the gospel and establish the kingdom. So I want us to spend a little bit of time and talk about this gospel, this gospel of God, this gospel of Jesus Christ. What is it? Sometimes, as someone who's studying theology and has been doing that for a while, it, it, it annoys me and, and confuses me because I hear all kinds of things in, in, in the public media and certainly on, on the television, if you watch and listen to some of the televangelists, you hear all kinds of things about what the gospel of Jesus Christ is supposed to be. So may I just draw to our attention the fact that the gospel is about one thing and one thing only. This good news, the clip that you saw earlier, the good news. The good news that God found a way to redeem us from our sins, to right the wrong that had been done in the Garden of Gethsemane, to, to bring us back to himself. The Apostle Paul says to reconcile us. The relationship had broken. Do you remember what God said to Adam and Eve in the Garden? The day that you sin, you shall die. And the Apostle Paul repeats that in Romans 3.23, says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So the gospel in motion in Acts chapter 1 and, and, and so on, in chapter 2, verse 42 and so on, is about this good news of the fact that there has been a, a method found by God and a medium to bring us back to himself. 
So the mission, the mission has been given to all of us. Now I want to encourage us to complete the mission. So please turn to your neighbor to the left and to the right and say, complete the mission. Complete the mission. Because guess what? We're all missionaries. Think about it. We're all missionaries. Go ye therefore and share this good news. And so what we see in the book of Acts is the disciples who became apostles being used by God to share the good news and to expand the kingdom. And all of it being orchestrated and directed by the Holy Spirit. Fifty times in the book of Acts, the scripture says, and led by the Spirit, they did that. Led by the Spirit, they did this. And Philip, being led of the Holy Spirit, was on the road and he came upon the Ethiopian eunuch. And Paul, being led of the Spirit, went over to Macedonia. And Peter, and Peter, Peter, in a vision by the Holy Spirit, was led. And so, what we see as the medium by God's grace and mercy is that he redeems us, first of all, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if any person is in Christ, he redeems us, first of all, and then he gives us this mission to join with him in reconciling the world unto himself, in sharing this gospel of the good news. So let's talk a little bit about the method. The method called the church. This is why we're all here today, but please do not um, limit the church to this, what you see here or what we're involved in here today as the church only. The, the word church, in fact, is it's a, it's a word that started to be used in the, in the 15th century when, when, uh, when Jesus spoke about his group of disciples. Uh, there was no use. The word church did not exist by the, by the, in that day, by the way. Uh, the, the, the Greek rendition of that was ecclesia. The ecclesia, the called out ones who are disciples or followers of a rabbi, for example, which Jesus was. And so the called out ones who are Christ followers have been given the message of salvation. So let's talk a little bit about salvation. What is that all about? Why do we need salvation? I'm sure I, 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 really, I really do not have to spend too much time to try to convince you that our world I don't think I need to. Do I? Just read the Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star or just turn on your television and uh, put it on CNN. 
or MSNBC or Fox. Um, or global, put it on global, how is that? But let's come a little closer. <laughs> let's come a little closer. Uh, and if you want to go up to Europe, you could put it on BBC. What do you see and hear repeatedly? We see and hear events and activities of man's inhumanity to man, mankind's inhumanity to each other. We hear of violence. We hear of prejudice. We hear of death and destruction. For example, if you lived in England today, you'd be on edge. If you lived in Greece, in Germany, in Italy, in France, you and I would be on edge. You know why? That part of the world has, over the last 12 months, for example, had the most terror acts in humankind. Multitude of people have died, lost their lives, senselessly. But do I have to convince you that the world is in trouble? And, and this is just a um, continuing story. And is it restricted and limited only to Europe? Uh, is it restricted and limited only to Africa? Or to North America? No, it's all over the world. But it is the continuing story of humankind that have drifted from God. From he who said, love your neighbor as yourself. It is the story of humankind that has chosen repeatedly, we saw that in the clip earlier, repeatedly, to turn his or her back on God. What happens when we do that? It leads to acts and events that are otherwise kind and loving. Because we, without the Holy Spirit do not have the capacity to live a righteous and just life. We do not. I mean, some psychologists would try to tell us that, just, or some secular humanists try to tell us that. Just Let's just all be the masters of our own destiny. And when we do that, what happens? We infringe on the rights and privileges of the other person. And some do it with impunity and with, with no regard. It is a problem of sin. 
That's what the scripture calls it. Missing the mark. Missing the standard. A failure to measure up to that which God requires of us. And so God had to find a way, and he did, through Jesus Christ, to redeem us, to buy back from the enemy that which was lost, that which was destroyed. For the soul that sinned it surely die. And when we begin to lose our lives over time, what happens is, as I alluded to earlier, the degradation and the loss of our identity and relationship with God. So God loved his masterpiece creation, human beings, so much that he devised a plan, the mission. And he sent his only son to redeem us from the penalty of sin. And then he says, go ye therefore and share this message. So part A is that we ourselves, first and foremost, must, must come in contact with this God. We must come in contact with this relationship that is demanded of us by God. We must come in contact with the supreme question, who is this Christ? What will I do with this Christ? And that's a question about salvation. The question around Jesus Christ and what you believe about him and do with him in sense of whether you believe or not, whether you practice and follow him or not, is a question of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. No, belief is not simply a mental assent that he exists, that he came. No, it's more than that. Uh, in, 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 the, in the original language, when they used the word believe, it meant more than just recognition. It meant a commitment beyond, beyond this mental assent. And so, that is why you had rabbis in those days. And, and so people would follow a, a, a teacher um, and, to pra and they would practice whatever he, he or she espouses. We, we do have some of those today. Uh, but salvation then is where Jesus said, okay, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can be reconciled to the Father without, without me. And then part B. He has given us, who accept the substitutionary atonement, the mission to share the gospel. That takes us to the scripture that was read. Let's spend a little bit of time there. The Apostle Paul, as you know, had been to current and he had ministered in a hostile environment. He came upon this town where people practiced various forms of uh, ill and evil, and he spent some time with them, so much so that some gave their hearts and lives to the Lord. And so in his first lesson, in his first book, his first letter, he sought to correct some of the ills. And 
you know the story. Uh, he talked about how we should treat each other just as human beings, and then he talked about how we should treat each other as fellow believers. Uh, don't, don't, you know, take your brother or sister to court uh, in front of an ju unjust judge to get uh, recompense. He said, no, you need to talk about it in, 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 in the church. You need to talk about your issues and differences within a certain context and call upon the elders and the pastors so that they can help you to exercise uh, Christian standards and, 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 um, and morals in the first letter. In the second letter, which is 2 Corinthians, he begins to talk about now, now that some of you have, have uh, decided to toe the line, if you please, let me talk about how we can grow from there. But let's recognize, first of all, he said in chapter 5 and, and at verse 17 is where I'll begin. He said, now therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Let me be, uh, try to be a good theologian here and talk about the fact that he said, therefore. And as you know, when you see therefore you need to ask the question, what is it there for? Which tries to point us to what came before that. What came before that? What came before that, as far as verse 12, is that the Apostle Paul says now, we need to talk about this relationship that God has established through his son Jesus Christ, for we do not commend ourselves, he said in verse 12, uh, but we give you opportunity to boast on our behalf. In other words, I wanted to understand that this relationship with God takes on a particular meaning and strength, and I don't want you to misunderstand that I am boasting because I'm the preacher or because I am the leader or because I'm the one who, who helped you to come and see what God has done. I want you to understand that each and every one of us have this responsibility to address our relationship with God, number one, and number two, to address the mission, the mission that he has given us. And that takes us down to verse 17, where he then says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, and if any person becomes uh, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then the old has passed. The old has passed. Let me pause there for a moment. What he's saying there is that your priorities change when you give your heart and life to the Lord. What he's saying is that the, 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 the ground rules are no longer what they were before. In other words, you are not the, the, the person who di dictates what your life should be now as of then it is the word of God and the rule of God. If you are in Christ, that phrase, in Christ, very loaded phrase, in Christ, first of all, forgiven, Secondly, reconnected. Thirdly, preserved. So there's a past, present, and future. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In the old days, where, where I'm from in Jamaica, we used to have the saying, the things I used to do, I do no more. 
we, we, we used to say, now, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. And then there's another verse that says, Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turn. And that's where it begins. First of all, this relationship with Christ. The old has passed. The new has come. And Paul is at pains to explain that this is not a human transaction. This is not something that we can manipulate and dictate of ourselves. This is why he said, this is why he said, uh, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Who is doing it? has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Two things there. It's God who has done it, who is doing it, through us. Through his Holy Spirit. And this is the context in which he does it. Where do you get instructions that are theological, scriptural, spiritual? Where do you get it? or in your small groups. Nowhere else. Really. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them. Now again, that is why we cannot avoid talking about sin, but here he has provided a remedy. And this is what the good news of the gospel is, that God has provided a way through his son, Jesus Christ, when he went on the cross and died for our sins so that we can be reconciled to him. And once we are reconciled to him, the verse continues to say, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. What have we been talking about? The gospel in motion. The gospel in motion. So, a few questions for you. Now, don't answer out loud. So, how have you been spreading the word of reconciliation? How have you been engaged in the ministry of reconciliation. That's a mission. That's a mission that we've all been given once we have become in Christ. 
So let me let me wrap this up. Some application. So the first thing, and I never like to complete or end a service without speaking very clearly about this first part. The first thing then is the responsibility that has been put in our hands as human beings to address or to respond to the atonement and sacrifice, the atonement at one meant Christ, having been on the cross, shed his blood so that we can be reconciled with God is a sacrifice for you and me. That's where it begins. So are you in Christ? Have you addressed that key question, that key issue in your life? It begins there. A couple of weeks ago when I was here, Pastor Richard said, those of us or those of you who may still be struggling with that question need to address that question. That Christ died on the cross for my sins so that I can be saved. What must you do in response to that? That's a gift. You must accept the gift. Now, if you do not accept, then what you're doing automatically is reject. So that's where it begins. Have you accepted that gift? The gift of salvation? The gift of Atonement, that sacrifice on your behalf, that's where it begins. And then once we've addressed that question, part B, we need to talk about our commitment to the mission. What is the mission? The mission is to go, therefore, or therefore go, depending on Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, no, the first three, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they interchange Therefore, go or go therefore. Same message. Go therefore. And so MCBC, as a collective group of believers, have this responsibility to this community and to wherever we find ourselves, ministering, working, to go. I don't need to spend time to tell you that they're not coming anymore. So we have to go. I don't need to tell you that you know attendance at church has dropped several fold, and it's not restricted to MCBC. Uh, I have some colleagues who told me recently. Uh, I was at um, Tyndale at one of the seminars, doctoral seminar, and one of uh, my colleagues said uh, uh, they've watched their membership and attendance at church drop in one year by 40% from 120 people. And those who remain, they rotate. So they come on this Sunday, they're not there the following Sunday. 
and small group attendance has also dropped by 60%. I, I don't need to tell you that we're in a world today that requires that it, we go. So do you think Jesus knew when he was saying, go ye therefore, that uh, the time would come when we have to be proactive? He did, didn't he? He did. But I don't want us to leave with the mistaken notion that we have to do some special thing, we have to go to theological seminary, or we have to say to Pastor Richard or Pastor Sheldon, I want to become a missionary or so, and go to Africa or so. We don't need to do that. Those days are past. In fact, in fact, um, lots of studies have told us that right here in the GTA is a mission field all by itself. And so your commitment then is a question. What is your commitment to the mission? The mission to share this gospel of the good news of salvation. What is your commitment and what are you doing about it? is a question. The Gospel in Motion is a story of the expanding church of Jesus Christ initially in the Acts of the Apostles and the Holy Spirit. But we've been given the mission to continue. Will you commit complete the mission? Will you? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word and for the mission that you have given to us. We pray, O oh God, that we would be faithful to the end. We pray for those who might be in our midst that still struggle with questions. Questions about salvation. Questions about sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf. We pray that your Holy Spirit, just like you did to the, whole, to the early church, would convict and convince and draw them to yourself. So those of us who have accepted the gift of salvation and the atonement, we pray, O oh God, that we would be encouraged to complete the mission so that one day would, we would stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. But this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.